Waste-Free Holidays, a workshop with me. <laughs> When we think about really trying to tackle our holiday traditions and figure out how to green them up or go down a more environmentally friendly, less wasteful path, I like to break it down into looking at the traditions that we have one at a time and seeing where we can make some improvements with each little aspect of the holiday. And wherever you're at, uh, there is no judgment, right? So what Whatever your family is doing right now, whatever your traditions are, we approach this completely judgment-free. I personally believe that the best thing you can possibly do for the environment, it's not about what you've done in the past, it's about how you proceed in the future. So any change that you can make moving forward is the most significant thing that you can do because there's a domino effect. So no judgment about the past and how can we move forward with new traditions? So this presentation is broken down into lights, decorating, gifts and gift wrapping, meals, shopping, travel, and how to actually establish new traditions within your family, because there can be a lot of resistance towards that uh, when you start to change things up. If you have any questions or uh, feedback for me, go ahead and put it into the chat, and then we'll do Q&A at the end. So let's start with lights. When I started researching this whole presentation, I actually was not fully aware of the impact of holiday lights on both the environment and on our health. So according to Globe at Night, an international organization dedicated to raising about light pollution, excessive outdoor lighting has numerous adverse effects on the planet. It washes out stars in the sky. It actually disrupts ecosystems of nocturnal wildlife and it wastes energy. There's also a trend towards more and more lighting, which, you know, more the more lights that we have, the more these impacts are felt. You can see if uh, satellites can actually see Christmas lights from their, their position, you know, circling around the earth. So the, the light pollution aspect of holiday lights is pretty extreme. Holiday lights can also have a potential impact on our health. So sometimes they can make it difficult to sleep, uh, they create changes in the amount of melatonin that our bodies produce, and melatonin drops off as we age anyway, so <laughs> it's really important that we try and maintain our melatonin production um, and sleep cycles every, you know, every year that we get older. Uh, lights can create headaches and also increased anxiety, so I was really fascinated when I learned that. And then, of course, they're just a drain on our energy resources, right? They take up a lot of energy. So some solutions or little changes that you can make is to choose, number one, choose LED. Now at this point in time, it's pretty hard to not choose LED. So that's the good news. Um, but LED, they're sturdier, they last longer, they consume 70% less energy than conventional incandescent light strands. They cost less um, and they are significantly less likely to burn out or break compared to the lights that we used to use. That's from energy.gov. Uh, now, again, it's hard to not buy LED lights now, so that's a real positive. Use timers. So avoid turning your lights on at peak hours. That would be between 5 and 7 p.m. And if you do have outdoor lights, don't leave them on all night long. So if you just do a couple of hours of lights, you can still get that impact that you're looking for without 
draining more energy resources and impacting the nocturnal wildlife in your neighborhood by keeping them on all night long. Consider solar lights. They, from an energy standpoint, they are obviously using less energy. Or opt for candles, which I find to be the coziest option available. I feel like nothing makes me feel more holiday-like than a bunch of candles lit at night. So of course, be safe if you're using candles. We don't want you to burn down anything. So a couple of solutions to holiday lights. And I would also say, just be aware of the health impact that holiday lights can have on other people. Um, so, you know, maybe talk to your neighbors, find out if your holiday lights are negatively or positively impacting their family, like have some communication around this because I think that that can be, communication always helps everything. Holiday decorations. So this is a really, really good area where if you um, are spending a lot of time purchasing new holiday decorations, you can make some really significant habit changes that are very impactful. I love from the Nature Conservancy, the four Ps of holiday decorations, paper, plants, popcorn, and pine cones. Anytime that you can go out into nature and collect materials to decorate with, it's gonna be more environmentally friendly because you can just return whatever you collected right back to the earth. I also feel like it's a really nice experience to have with your kids or grandkids to go out and actually gather supplies, go on a walk, relieve your stress being in the great outdoors and then create holiday decorations together. So the four Ps of holiday decorations, paper, plants, popcorn, and pine cones. I love this. When it comes to Christmas trees, there's a lot of debate, or there has been a lot of debate over what is more environmentally friendly, fake trees or real trees. I wanna recognize that sometimes it's impossible, you, you know, you have allergies or there's some significant reason why you can't have a real tree and then that's okay, right? Judgment-free, this would not be the area to try and green up. Um, but if you're on the fence about a real tree versus a fake tree, Real trees are more eco-friendly, especially real trees that come uh, from a farm that's very close to you. So the, the less trucking and transportation that we have to do to get a tree to your neighborhood, the better. Um, real trees are more eco-friendly because they break down in the environment. You know, again, we just return them back to the earth. Also tree farms can create a lot of environments for a lot of habitats for the local animals in the environment. Um, so there's a lot of good reasons to go with a real tree. I'm pretty excited though to share some other ideas. You don't have to get a tree, right? So if you celebrate Christmas, um, there's a lot of alternatives to getting a fake tree or a real tree. And I just put together a quick few slides to show some of the alternatives because I think they're really, really sweet. And when we're thinking about changing our holiday traditions, going to more of a waste-free type of holiday for your family, these can be some really fun ideas that are just different from getting a tree or putting up your fake tree. So I'll just go through these slides quickly here. I love this palette tree, I think it's so cute. Uh, you can actually get trees that you can plant outside when you're done with them. Now, admittedly, I think the tree on the right probably was in a fraternity house, the beer tree, but it's still, you know, maybe you could do something like that with some recycled materials that you have around your house. 
more tree ideas. I mean, if you have a ton of books that are always on your shelf, maybe turn them into a tree this year, right? Use what you have on hand. Uh, antique doilies could be made into really cute trees. The point really is that there's a lot of creative ways that you can create the idea of a tree without actually having a tree. It might be fun, it might be a new tradition. Um, I actually, after seeing all these, there's so many pictures on the internet of alternatives to Christmas trees. And now we do a couple of these, I do this with my girls just around the house because it generated a lot of ideas and it's fun and it's using what we have on hand, which is the most environmentally friendly thing that you can possibly do. More ideas here, um, just, you know, just <laughs> more ideas, <laughs> just fun stuff. Uh, you can do chalkboard paint on the wall and actually draw a tree. You can create, I mean, you could do all sorts of different things and they're, they're really fun. An old ladder that you decorate like a tree, more ideas. <laughs> it's, I'm telling you, this is a small fraction of what is available on good old Google more ideas, <laughs> so many ways to create that spirit in your house without actually having a tree. More. <laughs> okay, other random decorating ideas that are a little bit more environmentally friendly and less wasteful. Leaf confetti, this is an idea that has circulated around the internet for some time. Um, basically you take leaves and you just uh, hole punch them and create confetti out of the hole punches from the leaves. So it's a really fun, another fun idea. You go outside, you know, have an experience gathering up the materials and creating this confetti that is completely biodegradable. For mistletoe, if you're somebody who hangs mistletoe in your house, you can just use dried herbs as mistletoe. I think that that's a fun idea too. And when it comes to ornaments, Buying secondhand or used ornaments or using your family ornaments is by far the most environmentally friendly thing that you can do. Uh, I've done a lot of research about where our Christmas actually comes from. The, there's one town in China where all or 60% of our holiday decorations are made all year long. And I think once you see the reality behind where decorations are made, it makes it a lot easier to justify buying secondhand or going out and having an experience and collecting things from nature. So a little research can go a long way. Eco-friendly gifts. So another area where we can really reduce our carbon footprint. If you are giving a thing, an actual you know, physical object, consider energy saving items can, as a gift consider a bicycle, mass transit passes, locally made gifts. So shipping burns fuel, which is why it's more environmentally friendly to shop locally and also shop locally for locally sourced items. A five pound package that is shipped by air across the country creates 20 pounds of CO2, but only three pounds if, if it's shipped by truck. So the closer that we can source materials, the more energy we are saving. Battery-free gifts, gifts that are made of recycled materials, gifts from secondhand stores, you know, something thrifted, something homemade. You can honor a memory with a gift. If you have an object in your house that is sentimental, you can turn it into a gift, which I 
as a professional organizer love. Um, and I think there's something else under here, but it's being blocked my, by my screen. Oh, yes, anything consumable. Um, of course, cookies, hot chocolate mixes, uh, locally sourced maple syrup or honey or whatever is in your area that you know is locally produced and consumable, cheeses, wines, all great gifts. Baked goods and other food items, uh, paintings and photographs, pottery and ceramics, sewing, knitting, handmade ornaments, or woodworking projects. I just wanted to put together a list for everyone to refer to because I, for me, I, you know, when I start thinking about gift giving, I feel a little bit overwhelmed. And after this presentation, you guys will all have access to it to watch on replay. Um, so I like to just have lists of ideas for you. Something more intangible can also make a great gift, like a membership, uh, memberships anywhere, really, to, you know, it could be to an organic farm CSA or a co-op, it could be a membership to a museum, you know, any sort of memberships make great gifts. A donation in the name of the gift recipient to an organization that's meaningful to them. I know my in-laws, as soon as their grandchildren, they have seven kids, so they have a lot of grandchildren, as soon as their grandchildren turn 12, they switch from giving them a gift under the tree to working with them to pick out a charity that is meaningful to them. And then they make a gift of $100 in their name. So I think that that's a really, really nice thing to do. Uh, the, and it really, with my girls, I've seen them think a lot about what charity is important to them. And I, as a 12-year-old, I don't feel that they have a lot of opportunity to think about charitable giving. So, and to really explore the tremendous number of charities that exist that they could possibly be supporting. So I have to say from a personal standpoint, I have seen this play out with my daughters and it is actually pretty meaningful to them. It's almost more meaningful to them at a younger age because it's such a novel idea. Uh, you can give the gift of an experience together or pay for a service or a recurring lesson. Another personal side note, I love it when my kids are gifted you know, gymnastics lessons or music lessons or whatever it is, because that's a, an ongoing family expense and it's really, really helpful and also very meaningful to them. Carbonfund.org supports third-party validated and verified renewable energy, energy efficiency and restoration projects globally that reduce carbon dioxide emissions and the threat of climate change. This was pretty interesting as I was researching for this workshop. I've been doing this workshop for the past five years or so. Um, and it's this idea of giving the gift of offsetting your carbon emissions. I never would have thought of this on my own, um, but it's you can actually purchase carbon from carbonfund.org. Um, you can purchase the equivalent amount of carbon emissions that will, and your money will go to support carbon neutral projects. So for example, $20 purchased, now this is two years ago, I'm not sure what it is right now, but $20 two years ago purchased 4,175 carbon dioxide, which uh, credits, which was the equivalent of 10,000 airline miles. So just different ways to offset your carbon expenditure as a gift. Just throwing it out there, maybe it resonates with someone. Eco-friendly giving traditions. So 
there's a lot of different ideas for how to actually do gift giving that is a little bit more eco-friendly than getting, you know, tons and tons of gifts. So do one gift for everyone. For example, everyone goes to a concert or a sporting event, um, a vacation, or maybe even a home improvement. Yankee swaps are fun. Same thing with those white, white elephant gift exchanges. Um, any, you know, all of these ideas, if you search like different gift exchange ideas on Google, you'll come up with a lot of good ideas. Um, give back together. So actually do some charitable work in your communities. For kids, another really popular idea is the four gift rule, something they want, something they need, something to wear, and something to read. So that's very popular. And I think that that one makes a lot of sense also. And maybe instead of exchanging gifts, hold a swap instead, such as a cookie swap or a soup swap where everybody comes with, I think we're all familiar with cookie swaps, right? Soup swaps are the same as cookie swaps and a lot of fun as well. Um, or you could swap, <laughs> like, there's a million things you could swap and it's just a nice alternative to doing a big gift exchange. Eco-friendly gift wrapping, use what you have first. There's so many materials in our homes that we can use for wrapping gifts. Uh, again, I just wanted to do, have a, a long list of suggestions for you because there's definitely things when I was going through this that I had never thought of before, such as outdated calendar pages or leftover scrapbooking pages or cereal boxes <laughs> or junk mail, uh, all can make very entertaining gift drafts. So I wanted to make sure that you guys have a list of ideas just to generate some creativity. There's also some great gift giving embellishments that you have in your house already. And here is a list of these. Um, you can make gingerbread cookies as little gift tags or use cinnamon sticks or embellish your gifts with things that you already have in your house. It's a great way to let go of your clutter also, <laughs> turn it into a little gift giving embellishment. All right, I wanted to share this video about the Japanese art of furoshiki and See here. Hey guys, this is Marianne with HGTV.com. And on today's weekday crafter noon, I'm going to show you how to wrap some gifts for a style. What is furoshiki? Well, it's a Japanese way of wrapping with fabric, everything from gifts to flowers, even food. You can use traditional Japanese furoshiki wraps. I bought this one on eBay. If you're wrapping a small gift, you can use everything from a bandana to a vintage silk scarf. And that's where we're going to start. Small furoshiki wraps are roughly 20 inches square. Place your gift in the center of the scarf. Bring up your two opposite corners up over the box and tie in a simple square knot. Take your remaining two corners, bring them over the box, and tie them in a square knot as well. You get the ends a little fluff, and there you have it. It's gift wrap and bow all in one. Next, I'm going to use a traditional furoshiki wrap. Again, this is about 20 inches square, and we're going to show you something called the box wrap. Put your gift in the upper half, wrap the corner closest to you over your box, 
and tuck it under. Now, take a corner in each hand, bring it up over the box, and tie in a knot. Give this a pretty good tug. Take the two tails, give them a little twist. And what we're going to do here is make a little handle for your gift. Tie the remaining corners into a square knot, leaving some space underneath. And then pull the remaining corner like so. And there you go. An adorable gift wrapped for a cheeky style. Well, guys, that's it for today's weekday afternoon. I hope you enjoyed these first. So furushiki is just a really fun way to wrap gifts. And it's, you know, I love learning new skills and being creative. And I think a lot of people who are in our groups love crafts and love creativity. And it's a great way to wrap gifts without using gift wrap. The problem with gift wrap is that most of it is not recyclable. So you know, because often it's actually a composite material, it's paper and plastic mixed together. It, so it can generate a lot of waste. Am I still good here? I feel like uh, I lost everything on my screen. Somebody You're good. Do. Okay, thanks, Marie. <laughs> All right, shopping. Another great area that you can significantly reduce your waste over the holidays. Um, the basic, you know, rule of thumb is to shop as little as possible. Also, shop early. Skip overnight shipping. Overnight shipping is definitely less carbon friendly than regular truck shipping, which we talked about a little bit earlier. Shop locally, shop with a friend. So it's actually an experience where you're interacting with somebody and you're catching up with, with an old friend or a family member. Uh, so it's a little bit more than just shopping. It's, it's also that kind of community feel. Uh, use reusable bags. I know if you're in New York or California, it's hard to not use reusable bags. Um, but if you're someplace where you're still giving out bags everywhere, then definitely go for reusable bags. Choose items with the least amount of packaging. This is a really, when I started searching out things that had less packaging and paying more attention to how much packaging everything has, it's one of those shocking aha moments where you're like, wow, there's so much packaging with every little thing. So now one of the criteria that I use when I'm deciding should I purchase this or not is how much packaging is does this item come with? And I always try and find stuff that has the least amount of packaging because the, that packaging is really a drain on our environmental resources. When it comes to holiday cards, so if sending holiday cards is your thing, that's awesome. This would not be an area that you would want to make changes to. But if you're open to new traditions, you might consider sending online cards. Um, this is actually what I do. I take, you know, I send the picture in an email with a little note, uh, send a combination of online and paper cards. So maybe certain people on your list get your paper card, but then the, you know, the vast majority get an online card instead. Choose cards that are made with recycled paper if possible. And of course, choose cards with the least amount of packaging. It's another easy way to reduce your holiday card exchange carbon footprint. It's <laughs> a mouthful. Holiday travel, another area where we can really figure out ways to be less wasteful. Uh, so pack light. This is a Jess Marcy thing to begin with. 
you know, travel, travel with less stuff and, and go further, uh, carry less, go further. There's some expression around it. Uh, a plane's carbon emission is directly related to its weight. So not only when you pack light, not only does it benefit you because you have less things to lug around. I actually have a whole podcast on, on packing light and why it's beneficial to you as an individual, but it also actually reduces your carbon emissions. Who knew? Um, bring reusable food containers and water bottles Drink what they call a near beer. So if you're going out to eat, when you go travel, um, anything that's more locally produced and locally sourced is going to be more environmentally friendly. So near beers are beers that are brewed closer to your location. Uh, so opt for, you know, some of those. And, and this can go for anything that you're drinking, really. Um, opt for more locally made. Treat a hotel room as your home. Reuse your towels and turn off your lights. I have noticed in the hotel industry that there is definitely a trend towards more environmentally friendly and less wasteful, which I completely applaud. And you can definitely do your part in a hotel by really treating it like you would in your own house. Turn off your lights, reuse your towels, um, do whatever you normally do at home in the hotel room to be less, to be more energy efficient. Reduce your layovers if possible. Um, consider offsetting your carbon emissions from traveling by using one of those carbonfund.org that we talked about earlier in the slideshow. And if possible, when you arrive at your destination, using public transportation is, is definitely less wasteful and more for your meals. You're, we're seeing a lot of trends here. Shop local and look for locally sourced ingredients. The closer it is to where you're eating it, the less environmental impact it has. Choose natural plant-based dishes as much as possible. So I'm not saying go vegan or go vegetarian or anything like that, but um, definitely plant-based food, especially if it's whole foods like vegetables and fruit, uh, create less carbon emissions than meat. Have a meal plan to reduce your food waste. So really, if you're planning to cook for the holidays and you're planning a bunch of different meals, how can you reuse your leftovers? It's also, I mean, this is kind of basic stuff, but <laughs> when you think about it, it really does all add up. Compost your, your food if you can. Um, use your good china. So this is such a great way to actually break out that china that's been in your cupboard forever. Um, use china in general, dishes that are non-disposable. But this is a great opportunity to really use that china that you're always afraid to use because it's sentimental. Um, so use it, it's <laughs> such a good opportunity. Uh, something that I do all the time is if I don't have enough dishes, I just ask my guests to bring dishes with them or I borrow my sister's dishes or you know whatever it is. So if you're gonna be short on dishes, instead of buying disposable stuff, we have more than enough dishes in this world. Just ask somebody to bring some dishes and always choose cloth over paper or plastic. Shifting your mindset. This is really where the magic always happens. Why am I doing this? When you think about your holiday traditions, it's really helpful to think about what is my motivation behind this tradition? Is it because we've always done it this way? And even if I'm not loving the tradition, I'm going to have to carry on with it. Um, is it obligatory? Are you gift giving because you have to gift give, give gifts? <laughs> Uh, really, you know, thinking about why we're doing what we're doing. If you're saying yes to a lot of events and it's stressing you out and the stress is causing you to make decisions that you wouldn't, that you don't feel really mirror your values, 
like just thinking about it, what is the motivation behind my actions right now can really help you decide if it's something that you want to continue to do. We only have so much physical and emotional space in our life. It's very easy to clog up this space with fear-based motivations. And where there is fear, there is no room for other emotions like love, peace, and joy. No two emotions can occupy one single space. When I started really diving into holiday traditions, it became abundantly clear to me that a lot of the motivation that I had for all of the gift giving and making sure that there were piles of presents under the trees and all, it was very fear motivation. The reason that I was engaging in a lot of the traditions that I was, or trying to do a lot of the holiday shopping that I was doing was because I was afraid that my kids wouldn't have this like quintessential Christmas experience. They wouldn't have, they would be disappointed by not having enough gifts under the tree, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. The thing of it was though, it was all based in fear, not in a different emotion that would have been more beneficial to my mental health. No two emotions can occupy one single space. I'll also note that when I recognized that a lot of my motivation for holiday traditions and gift giving was based in fear, <laughs> I noticed that when it comes to advertising, there's a lot of fear-based motivation as well. Only 10 shopping days until Christmas, you know, buy this right now on Black Friday to get the best price ever. You know, it's a lot of fear motivation and I don't want to be motivated by fear anymore. So that was a big breakthrough for me personally. Huga is, um, it's a Norwegian word that doesn't translate very well into English. So there's no direct English translation for Huga, but the word evokes both coziness and togetherness. So I really, when I learned about this Norwegian tradition of Huga, I really felt like this would be a suitable replacement for my fear-based motivations, this coziness and togetherness, this creating this feeling in my home of interpersonally cozy. So having a few people with you talking about issues and things that you care deeply about. And how do you create that environment within your house? So now Huga is this, <laughs> since it's been translated into English and it's kind of become a little bit of a trend, but I think the idea behind creating this warm, cozy environment, that's really what I aim for with my holiday traditions now. Like how can I create closeness and togetherness with my friends and family that doesn't involve, oh my gosh, I have to run out and get this person a gift right now. Transitioning my mindset to more of the idea of enjoying the pleasures of indoor life during the cold weather. And now I recognize maybe you don't live in a cold weather environment, um, but transitioning my mindset to understanding that this is really what I wanted to do um, with my holidays changed everything for me. It released a lot of the fear and the, you know, traditions that I was participating in because I thought that I had to, because I had something to kind of aim for instead. This was my goal now. And I really understood that this was how I wanted my holidays to feel. So kind of replacing any fear-based motivation with different mindset shifts and ideas about what you do want, what real, it's not just what you don't want to do. What do you want to replace that with? Having an understanding 
of yourself and where you want to go with your traditions can make a really big difference. So this is just one that I wanted to share because it's it made a big difference for me to have this as my end goal. Transition your holiday traditions. Just a couple of ideas to throw out there, just food for thought. Instead of, or in addition to cutting down a tree, plant a tree. It's a beautiful tradition. So if you go cut down a tree, then also plan to plant a tree. Uh, sometimes you have to do it in the springtime, <laughs> but I always give my girls now little trees and we go outside and you know we take care of them through the winter and then go outside and plant them in the spring. And it's a nice gift that also feels very uh, environmentally friendly. Instead of counting presents on Christmas morning, do an annual Christmas day bird count. So there's actually a website a Christmas day bird count website where you can, anyone can participate. You go for a walk on Christmas day, you identify the different birds that you see and hear, and then you submit your results into this database. I think it's a lovely tradition that I, again, wouldn't have thought of if I weren't researching this presentation. So I wanted it to share it with you. Um, great way to get out of the house and have a, a new tradition to replace maybe some old traditions or to add to your traditions. Reverse your advent calendar tradition. Instead of opening a gift every day, give a gift every day. Another one that I absolutely love and that my kids love also. Um, what can we do every day in December that's giving back to our community? Instead of last minute shopping on Christmas Eve, try last minute giving by participating in something like a morning of kindness. So this presentation that I'm giving to you guys today, I had done locally prior to transitioning my business online. Morning of Kindness is a program that was a tradition that was started by one of my close friends. She actually set up this whole Christmas Eve morning where you go out into your community and do specific charitable things. The Morning of Kindness does not exist everywhere, but if you're interested in doing something like this, I would be happy to share more information about how it got started here locally. It really was just a group of friends who decided that we would go out and, um, you know, just spread cheer. So bring dinners to homeless shelters, um, pay for parking meters, go, you can't go to the hospital now, but, you know, back in the day, go, go to hospitals and hand out candy canes and just spread cheer around your community. In the Albany area, this morning of kindness has grown to a huge event that has hundreds of people participating in it right now, but it started with just a few small families. So if it's something you're interested in, I would be happy to share more information about it. Just message me afterwards. In lieu of hostess gifts, consider having guests bring a gift for a family in need. I love this one also. Um, and definitely anytime that I host a holiday event, I ask for people to bring charitable contributions instead of, you know, a bottle of wine. And it feels really, really good. Instead of just talking about gratitude, practice gratitude daily. So I think the idea of a gratitude practice is thrown around a lot but not implemented nearly as much. This would be a great time of year to actually implement a very simple gratitude practice. Instead of thinking about what we don't have and what we need to purchase for, you know, for ourselves and other people, uh, focus on what we do have and all the things to be grateful for 
even writing down your top three things that you're grateful for every day, taking five minutes a day can make a significant impact on your mental health, not just during the holidays, all the time. For 12 days of Christmas or eight nights of Hanukkah, have a small daily community service task for your family um, or one of its members to complete. Another fun way to give back instead of it being all about the gifts, right? How about we shift our mindset to giving back? Um, a fun and thrifty Hanukkah tradition is to keep the gifts simple and minor and put a focus on a theme each night. So charity night, family game night, home movie night. Uh, we don't celebrate Hanukkah, but I've actually implemented this with our advent calendars. Uh, so instead of it always being a little thing, uh, oftentimes it's a family event that we're going to do together. And then create memories with your memories during your holiday celebrations. If you have been following me for any amount of time, you probably know that one thing I advocate for all the time is to actually take the memories that you have in your house, take the boxes of photos, the old videos from past family events, pull them out during the holidays, sit with your family members and create an experience of going down, you know, taking this walk down memory lane together. This is a beautiful way to go through your memorabilia in your house and also create new memories. If you're going to do this, make sure that you have a video camera ready, um, really try and document the storytelling and sharing that happens when you're making memories together, because that is memory then, uh, and you will love having that in the future. So that is officially the end of the presentation. We'll